Hello and welcome to the 49th episode of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And I'm Jordan. And a very, very happy Kingdom Hearts 4 day to everybody, but especially to me. Well, <laughs> uh, me too. I want to, I want especially happy times. You don't get to celebrate until you've beaten Master Xehanort and the secret boss of Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. And probably Melody of Memory. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that I'm caught up, but I'm saying <laughs> been a fan longer than you, so. Well, we're on it. equal footing here, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if you say so. Um, let's see here. No comments this week, but before we get started, I would like to, as always, ask you at home to leave a review, a like, a describe, uh, etc. on whatever you got, depending on your platform. Share us around if you have One Piece loving friends. We would appreciate it. You can also do that if you're not at home. Like, maybe if you're driving, wait until you're not driving, but this is yeah. not a home-exclusive task. You can do it on the go if you like. <laughs> I'm sure we're available on mobile platforms. <laughs> uh, don't do things on your phone and drive. That's the main point I think we're trying to make here. Mm -hmm. Don't text, etc., and drive. But with all that stuff out of the way, we'll be jumping on into chapter 1046, then later chapters 558 through 569. <laughs> There's a person with four arms here. A person with four arms. Uh, I see like a duck in the background. <laughs> That's oh, that, pretty that. good. <laughs> yeah, there's a person with four arms there. That's strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the number one thing that got my attention here. We know about the long arms. We know about the long legs. But this is the first I'm hearing of a multi-arm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. tribe but uh <laughs> if they were going to be anywhere it would be on whole cake island so that pretty much checks out yeah i'm not complaining uh i would imagine that these two supposed mystery people are definitely reiju and ichiji right <laughs> i mean they've got capes and are standing in silhouette so yes mm -hmm. <laughs> i've been seeing like some <laughs> discourse about this like oh i hope it's the blackbeard pirates and like well what i guess i hope for that too but there's like a maybe one in a million chance that that's true oh actually well yes agreed um but i did see in one of the few times that i was on the internet um i saw someone point out that maybe blackbeard and his crew was on a previous or a recently previous cover page. I want to say it's the one where, really? like, Oven is walking with the book. You give me a gosh darn second here. That was probably I think it's two chapters ago. If you look at it, so there's Oven and Brulee. That's great. Uh, if you look to the left of, like, the middle of Brulee, you can see what looks like maybe six or seven like darker spots in the distance kind of like along the path if it keeps winding 
Um, and yeah. somebody out there theorized that that was the Blackbeard Pirates. I mean, I can't directly disprove this because all right, we've it's, really they're got little are blobs, tiny blobs <laughs> on a page. But for starters, they had to have gotten here somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much likelihood they just suddenly are on whole cake without setting off their like snail alarms that they have all over their territory. And also, they're on the path or near the path that Oven and Brulee are walking. So you would think that if those were indeed the Blackbeard Pirates or even human beings, they would have, <laughs> have at some point uh, crossed paths with our two heroes here. So I don't think that's very likely, but like I said, can't directly disprove it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a random assortment of dots. People just see what they want to. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that Oda has done stuff like this in the past, but... I think, well, I don't know. There's a pretty big focus here on these lads. That would be a huge thing to put into a cover chapter. We've forgotten yeah, fairly kind of large a big things deal. before. Like Jim Bay found a Ponoglyph and like Caribou got busted by the the Beast Pirates or whatever. But that would be like game-changing stuff if Blackbeard was making a move on Big Mom's territory. Yeah, I can't imagine why he would think that was a good idea right now. Well, I mean, actually, if he knew that she wasn't there, maybe he would think it was a good idea. He does know at least a little bit about what's going on here, because we saw like a report being given to him in like one of the the intermissions between one of the uh, the Wano acts. But I still think it's more likely he's going to show up on Wano itself than. Make yeah, a power like he, grab at Big Mom's land. <laughs> right. He he's he's probably after, you know, fruit powers more than land, so I agree. And I would imagine that her road ponoglyph is probably still there. So that's not entirely outside the realm of possibility, certainly. Mm. Mm-hmm. But uh Blackbeard uh doesn't wear a cape, so there. <laughs> right, I'm not saying <laughs> I was never trying to say that this was Blackbeard's crew. Um, you just uh, you bringing them up just made me think of the other thing. And now we're gonna talk about the chapter. <laughs> I guess we should. Ten forty six, Rizo, the man of the hour, and frankly the most important man in the franchise. But first, Luffy. Yeah, I guess we should talk about Luffy for a hot second. Uh, we start in the aftermath of Luffy having punched through Kaido's heck in the face <laughs> uh, last chapter. R.I.P. Kaido, but not really. He's mostly fine. Uh, he's feeling it, though. He's got an urge and some huff-huffs going on. But more than pain, he's feeling curiosity. He asks Luffy, who is he? Uh, before we get the answer to that, we cut back to Zunisha uh, with a little bit of nostalgia in his probably ginormous elephant heart. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just reminiscing about Joy Boy, hearing the, the rhythm of his heart, etc., etc., uh, and deciding to put his hopes on Luffy. Uh, then we cut back to Luffy himself, who uh, puts the 
reincarnation slash uh, possession theory to bed for good, I suppose, for those who still suspected this. Uh, mm-hmm. And states mm-hmm. definitively, Monkey D. Luffy, the man who will surpass Kaido and become king of the pirates. Thank goodness. Indeed. Uh, I was over the reincarnation slash possession theory like three chapters ago, but I'm glad to see that uh, Luffy's motivations and or autonomy have not changed. We'll see where that goes in regards to the, like, Zoan fruits having a will of their own thing later, I'm sure. Yeah, and, I mean, your your point still stands that, like, he could have been influenced by this the entire time. So, like... I hate to think that might be true, but... I know, but <laughs> in that case, you could not distinguish one from the other, and I just don't i can't i don't like it me neither my guess is that oda will just never address the zoan fruit thing again and if he were wise he would uh retroactively remove it <laughs> just go back I mean, and like with an eraser and just remove that from the volume <laughs> release or something but uh maybe i'm not the like, one who makes the rule we we do get a bit more on awakening like right here Kaido says that awakening is what happens when your mind and body catch up to your powers. Like, he is expanding on some stuff, you know? Uh, For sure. It does make you wonder, though. Like, you were commenting on the awakened Zoans not appearing all that tough in in Impel Down. Mm -hmm. And I gave you some pushback on that at the time, I think. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But that combined with, like, what Kaido was saying here, like their mind and body caught up to their powers. Like, that's not saying much. <laughs> sure, but is that to say that, like, the base form of those impel down guards, right, and their, like, their mental fortitude or whatever, are beyond that of the base forms of Kaido's Tobiropo, for example, if they're not awakened? I mean, by the books... Yes. <laughs> and Luffy and company just kind of casually bop those guys. Now they do keep getting back up over and over again after not very long. Sure. Yeah. Still very embarrassing for Kaido's crew <laughs> to uh, be in theory below those guys. Or maybe Oda just didn't think about it all that much. Hard to say for sure. What if... I don't know. Never mind. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say this one. It's fun, but not worth it. We're both known to hate fun things. Uh, yeah. But you're right. Kaido does give some details here. I'm glad to have them. Awakening has been a little bit nebulous <laughs> for some time. But then Kaido goes on to say something that's probably just blatantly untrue, <laughs> uh, and basically compares his own losses <laughs> in this fight to Luffy's, even though. It's probable that some fodder have died in this war, some random samurais. But uh, Luffy personally hasn't lost really anything, <laughs> so he's yeah. doing just fine. Uh, he's like half lost Zoro, but he doesn't know about it. Sure. Zoro's going to be just fine, though. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. <laughs> yes, but right now, in this moment, like... He's basically on death's door, as far as we know. So, that's as close as we're going to get. And Frankie's going to be all tuckered out, carrying him around. Yeah, I'm sure he's a dense dude. 
indeed. And Frankie's a known wimp. Very mm-hmm. small man, that guy. <laughs> but Kaido doesn't give him much chance to respond <laughs> to this, like, accusation, pretty much, before he starts bashing him in the face, etc., with his spiky club. Luffy takes it in stride, though, and bounces back with some rubbery punches, which make Kaido rubbery as well. Uh, gross, but it's there and it can't be denied. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah i i see it more as just weird than gross but i guess in real life would be pretty gross to see indeed so is the like is the idea here that it does more damage because it's also hitting the stuff on the inside because like if he's turning it into rubber then in theory he's reducing the damage that he does right uh Yes, in theory, that is 100% true, and I suspect is just another thing that Oda didn't think about too hard, and also <laughs> doesn't want us to. I guess so. I I gotta stop thinking so hard about this, I guess. <laughs> uh, the temptation is always there, and I do it every single week, but in this case, <laughs> shame on you. Dang, okay. How dare you read so far into things? <laughs> I'll be better next time. Luffy, though, not doing so hot. Uh, We know this drains his energy in a big way, and he's still taking big-time hits from the beefiest man alive, Kaido. Mm -hmm. Kaido takes this opportunity to remind everybody that everyone is probably going to burn to death in mere minutes. Luffy's not worried. Everyone else is going to take care of it. All he has to worry about is beating Kaido, who fires a demolition gust, something that we haven't seen him do in his hybrid form before but I'm glad to see that he can. But uh, Luffy's a stretchy man and pulls his legs up to dodge it with style and ease. Easy peasy. Yeah, might have had to stop running, but like, oh well. He already pretty much closed the gap. Yeah, he's doing a, a, a fine job. Indeed. I'm not currently worried about that guy. Then we pop back to where we spend the bulk of this chapter pretty much everywhere else on Onigashima. Uh, starting on the live floor, uh, everything's on fire. It's all bad news. Chopper's freaking out. Uh, he's mostly worried about where everyone else is, whether or not they've burned to death and such. Nami basically responds, yeah, that's bad, but like, what are we going to do? Everywhere's on fire. We're in danger right here. We can't search for people. It's a fair point. I get it. You got to save yourself first. Pretty much. And I do appreciate that they take the opportunity to address the Nami weather control uh, elephant in the room. She could, in theory, (laughs) just put it out with rain or something. But uh, Nami's weather control isn't, like, literally magic. She has to, like, adjust the climate to make it so. Creating a large enough rain cloud to put out this much fire would be rather difficult, what with the current heat everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't directly say that. They simplify the matter by just saying uh, Zeus will get burned if he tries. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they make it way cuter and more succinct. So, Indeed. Way to go. Uh, then we pop down to the basement where uh, some people are dying. Cool. Uh, don't know who this man is, but I guess I feel bad for him. Oh, he's the Gorilla Punch <laughs> Man. I see him in the <laughs> in the larger panel yeah, where he's much smaller. Yeah, that is definitely him. <laughs> Tough for him, I guess. Uh, then we pop back to the first floor where, oh no, Beppo's having a rough time. 
being carried by uh, either Penguin or Shachi and a samurai, I think. I think that's Penguin carrying him, because that looks like Shachi behind. Uh, you have a much better memory of the distinction between those two men than I do, so congratulations. I like them all. <sighs> Poor Beppo, overheating here. Polar bears aren't made for this. Yeah. Apparently polar bears aren't made for much of anything, according to Oda. Uh, least of all, screen time. Yep. We know that he's got a Sulon form, and we know that the moon was out and people were using their Sulon forms not all that long ago. He's embarrassed about it. I guess so. I don't even need like to see a full Beppo fight. Just seeing him like in one of the panels where we checked in with him, just in his Sulon form, that would have been good enough for me. That would have been great. That way I at least know he's putting in the work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Instead of literally being carried. <laughs> Maybe one day. Not holding my breath, though. Then we pop back to the basement again, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where people are giving Brooke a hard time. Uh, oh no, you've burned to death. Just kidding. I am indeed dead, but it's not because of the fire. They want to escape, but oh no. Doesn't seem to be a way. We pop back to the left brain tower where Sanji has regained consciousness as we saw a few chapters ago. He's trying to lead the courtesans to uh, safety, but uh, apparently the garden's gone, which is bad, I guess. I guess they were going to escape through a garden that, you know. Yeah, I didn't down. really get the significance there. My only guess is they were planning on getting out that way, and now they can't <laughs> for some it's on fire, I guess. Well, I mean, based off of the like wide shot that we get and the falling rock before it, I would I would guess that like a chunk of the land fell off and that was mm. the garden. But I still don't see why that matters. Like they were gonna exit the castle, I guess, and just be on on Onigashima. I guess so. You know, they were. this was taking place in Sanji's fight, and this little scene was taking place in the Pleasure Hall. And we first saw this place from the outside when Kinemon's group split in the two and were making their way around the outside of the dome towards the back. And that outside zone was kind of garden-ish. It was like a bridge and like a pond. So maybe, like you said, they were trying to get out through the front door to the outside of the dome. But it can't be done because it crumbled or something. All of that to say, I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't see why Sanji couldn't, like, air walk these people out of there. He's beat up, sure, but he's a, he's a tough man. Yeah. My only thought about that is that there's probably, like, a lot of them, right? And while Sanji is probably physically strong enough to carry that many people, probably not comfortably, and with, you know, the amount of balance required to keep them all there, you know, especially while he's putting out that much force with his legs. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a mouse to be concerned about, too. So that's probably <laughs> the main thing. <laughs> Good point. Where do you put all the right. mouse in the tower? <laughs> Uh, then we pop to the basement for the third time <laughs> in fewer pages than that with Apu and Ebi, uh, the number, trying to break down a wall to escape the fire. But like it's hot, man, and 
you know, EB doesn't want to be hot. And they get all heated about it, and it's a mess. <laughs> Seems like they might fight. I hope Apu just gets squashed. Where does he, he go? I know from he won't. Here? I mean, for sure. Apu's going to make it out of here just fine. But yeah. where does the character of Apu go after this? <laughs> he's been betraying everybody he's been involved with. There's no chance any self-respecting alliance of anybody is taking him in. <laughs> yeah. Before the warlords were aban- uh, abolished, I would have said there, maybe. But tough luck. Yeah, not exactly an option now. Weird. Not sure what Oda's planning for this guy. He's been just kind of around causing a ruckus for a little bit. Living the dream. While we're talking about Apu, I hope somebody thought to fetch properly dead or unconscious Drake from wherever he was having a rough go. I'm sure he awakened at the end of that fight and just dragged himself out. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> that'll be that'll be in an SBS in the future. You you watch yourself without a doubt. Uh, then we pop into the basement again. <laughs> I guess this basement is just enormous and has multiple components. Mm-hmm. That's my best. And it's guess. very loud, and <laughs> no one knows where each other are. Guess so. Uh, this time we're checking in with Usopp, who in. To his credit, is trying his best to put out as much of this fire as he can. But, alas, his little flower is not enough. Tough break, my man Usopp. Mm-hmm. But he feels bad about this, because he promised Izo to save Tinamon and Kiku. And he also wants to save himself. Doesn't care about Hamlet, though. Just that list of three people. Yeah, does he for sure know Hamlet's name? Uh, No. <laughs> I don't think there's very much chance of that. <laughs> yeah, so... Mm, tough luck, Hamlet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we pop out to the right brain tower. Frankie still trudging around with Zoro, trying his best to get Zoro to Chopper as quickly as possible. But alas, <laughs> he's far, and he's being harassed by what appears to be the armored core of, uh, uh what's his name? Sasaki's crew. Nuts. Poor guy. He'll never make it. No chance that Frankie or Zoro make it out of here alive. <laughs> Literally zero. They're as good as dead. Uh, then we pop out to the only place on Onigashima that is not basement. Uh, <laughs> the fourth floor. <laughs> where uh, that plan of Rizos that we uh, were theorizing a few chapters ago is coming to fruition. Oh boy. It involves him teaming up with Jimbe. And also involves a lesson that he learned back in the day when Odin Castle burned down. To avoid fire, bring water. And that's what he did. (laughs) (laughs) He used his scroll scroll abilities to just stuff as much water as he heckin' could into those suckers. From Zoe, specifically for some reason. Water is... I suppose so. I think it's moderately amusing that, like... 99% 99% of the One Piece world is water, right? He could have gotten this from literally <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> but Oda took like a, a sizable chunk of this spread to like let us know it's it's Zoe water. <laughs> Which, you know, you're right, is meaningful because like Rizo has a special bond with the people of Zoe because they rescued him and such uh, and kept him safe even at the cost of many of their own lives. Uh, but like water's water. 
man <laughs> it's fine yeah also like i don't know zunisha's right there kind of could uh, just do, yeah. do a little spit up there <laughs> yeah just do a, a casual water gun from whatever distance uh they currently are it's fine yeah, i'm sure zunisha's aim is spot on going back to the first page zunisha still seems to be like pretty far away <laughs> but uh that's how elephants hunted in ancient times. So. <laughs> and there Problem was never solved. a more powerful elephant. So <laughs> Indeed. Raizo uses his scrolls. The Ninpo Scroll Scroll Jutsu Elephant's Bath Nin 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 Restoration <laughs> to blast a sizable chunk of water right at Jinbei, who grabs it with his Fishman Jujitsu, a move we've seen a couple times from Jinbei, the Ocean Current Shoulder Throw. To yeah, I think redirect. That's, like his most used move that I've seen. I would think so. Maybe brick brick punch or whatever. Yeah, that, that's probably it. I can think of three specific instances where he's used this. Whereas I feel like he uses the like the thousand brick fist like every time we see Jim Bay. Uh, yeah. Except for this time. <laughs> <laughs> you get one Good job. Jinbei. If we see you ever again not using your thousand brick fist. You're in trouble, sir. <laughs> yeah, you're out of here. Yeah. Banished uh, from the straw hat ship for all time. Uh, but he uses that to throw the water, like, down the stairs or something. Basically through the floor, yeah. actually. I suppose that's probably what's happening. Uh, point being, they're throwing the water around to put out the water. Great. And the gorilla man is... Uh... Probably pretty pleased. I mean, shocked for sure. <laughs> no doubt. And definitely very wet, which I'm sure it can't be great for his uh, beautiful hair. Or his suit, for that matter. But it was already looking <laughs> pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're also... Wait, are they... Do they get affected by water in the same way that other power users do? Well, I think this is a mink, so no. Oh, that's a mink. Uh, okay, that's not a smile. Uh, to yeah. answer your question, though, I would imagine that the Smile users are not affected by water like a Devil Fruit user is. Because they're not really Devil Fruits, right? Yeah. They're just kind of like a mash of animal DNA that Caesar like threw in a pot and called a fruit, <laughs> pretty much. No real length of Devil Fruits whatsoever, aside from they grant a power, kind of, sort of. So, you remember earlier when I said... Uh, I had a theory, but it was dumb. Yes. Okay, so my theory was that the Jailer Beasts that we see are kind of prototypes to the Smiles, because they all have those, like, snotty noses and <laughs> obviously are, like, a little different from everything else that we see. So I could, I could see that. I don't know if it actually makes sense, like, given timelines and stuff. But there there had to be a prototype at some point, right? I suppose that could be possible. Let's see. Caesar's been providing smiles to Kaido for a number of years, at least. Um, at least before the Impel Down incident. Because when they were on Sabandi, uh, Doflamingo was, like, talking trash against, like, the dude who was running that slave auction place for him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, it's the age of smiles now, right? 
So at the very oh, least, yeah. Caesar's version of the smile fruit has existed for at least that long. If there were a prototype that involved Vegapunk in some way, yeah, um, that would that have to have been invented that. previously, you know. Uh, probably back in the day when Caesar and Vegapunk were working in tandem. So it wouldn't surprise me really at all if Caesar like stole Vegapunk's idea and made right? it worse. <laughs> yeah. There's probably a statement somewhere that like directly says Caesar invented this, but uh, Oda could retcon that whenever he wanted to. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming yeah. any chapter now. <laughs> we'll never learn more, but it's in my head canon, so yeah. it'll stay there for now. I can't think of anything that directly contradicts it. Ergo, it is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. See, that wasn't so dumb. That was actually a decent idea, Jordan. Well, yeah, I just didn't I didn't want to get into it, but then it basically came back up, or I found a way to bring it back up, and I decided now is the time to strike. <laughs> I understand. Uh, back in the present, uh, Jinbei has put out the fire, basically. Uh, or at least it will be out in a hot second. But before that, we check in with Killer and company for some reason. Killer's also being carried by his crew right now, which is just kind of the thing for the the number one guy of each crew in this chapter, <laughs> I guess. Makes more sense for one of them than the other, but, you know, Beppo will be fine. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but then the water comes, and they're fine. Uh, then we're back outside, checking in with Yamato and Momonosuke for a hot second. Momonosuke's having a hard time understanding why Yamato is heckin' rushing him. But apparently, Kaido's about to go down, like, imminently, according to them. Uh, so it's time for him to put his money where his mouth is, finally, and do something about this imminently falling island. That he's been supposed to be dealing with. Simply pulling it away no longer solves the problem. Yeah, he's been dedicating himself to that for many chapters. And uh, it's been futile. Getting distracted in all sorts of ways. But, you know, can't procrastinate anymore, big guy. <laughs> the time has come. Luffy's about to throw a lightning bolt at Kaido, apparently. Yeah, what? Yeah. This bothers me more than, like, anything else that has happened. Why? My only guess, as of now, is that it harkens back to what I was speculating Luffy's ability like, really is now, right? Basically, whatever Luffy thinks he can do with rubber, he can. So in this instance, Luffy's thinking, okay, I was immune to lightning when Enaru and Big Mom was throwing it at me. Ergo, that means I can handle it with my hands <laughs> and use it as a weapon. Uh, that's all I got as of now. Tenuous at best, but uh, it's the best thing I can think of for the moment. Yeah, it's happening. It's it's happening, and I guess if nothing else, this shows that the man is fast. <laughs> uh, I suppose so. People have been speculating about Lightspeed Luffy for some time. Well, actually, with Future Sight, that wouldn't be that hard. I guess so. You still have to move your hand fast enough to grab it, <laughs> for sure. Well, sure, but this is, I mean, it's Luffy. Like, his, he's been moving pretty fast for a long time, and now he's in Gear 5, so... Pretty fast, he says. 
Look, I'm not trying to put numbers <laughs> to things here. No one, no one should do that. Mm-hmm. Except for all the people who have been trying to since the dawn of time. And I'm sure they're just so happy with that decision. <laughs> hasn't caused them any pain or grief. It certainly hasn't caused me any pain or grief reading about it, and that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, though, uh, according to Yamato, this fight is ending, like, now. Leading me to believe that perhaps this lightning bolt move is going to be the final attack of the fight. Even though Kaido still seems to be having a great time. I hope that's not the last move here. That it just I need a more loopy move to feel fully satisfied here, I think. We came here to Onigashima, to the internet, to this desk, etc. to watch Luffy fight Kaido, not Enaru. <laughs> right, exactly. I love Enaru, you know, cool, but we're not reading that story. Mm-hmm. I want to see a big fist or like <laughs> A springy fist or whatever. Turn a rock into rubber and just send him flying forever. Like, something. All that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, I'm sure Oda and or Luffy will find a way to make this more Luffy-ish, right? Just throw him into space. Yeah, great. Send him to Anaru and let him deal with it personally. (laughs) Cut out the middleman lightning of it all. Uh, But yeah, I'm sure Luffy will find a way to make this more fun than simply throwing a lightning bolt. But for the moment, that's all we got. Yeah. Also, still have not seen an awakening from Kaido, unless this literally is it. This hybrid form we're seeing. He sure was speaking about awakening like as an authority towards the beginning of this chapter. So yeah. it would be weird for it to like not be fully stated, yes, I'm going into my awakening now, or, oh, Luffy's hurting me even though I'm already awakened, or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think, hmm, I kind of wonder how much of an authority Kaido should be on things, <laughs> like, we kind of thought that he might know things about Joy Boy because he said, like, oh, you couldn't become Joy Boy either. And, like, well, A, seems he kind of is Joy Boy here, but also B, like, you didn't have that chance. You already ate your fruit. So, like, he didn't know much about that. Maybe he doesn't know much about Awakening. Yeah. Really dying more and more each week for the Kaido flashback, but... Uh, unless it happens literally next chapter, I am no. I'm getting less and less convinced that it's ever going to happen. <laughs> I could see it happening once Kaido is down. I I guess that's not usually how Oda does things, though. He usually like yeah. puts it in like either just before the finishing blow, or like kind of towards the beginning of the fight, like he did with Doflamingo. Hmm. Mm. But he can do whatever he wants. Just because he's done it that way before doesn't necessarily mean that he has to do it that way every time. He's certainly, you know, shaking it up in other places. <laughs> That's for sure. Props to Oda for keeping it fresh and fun. Congratulations. <laughs> um, But I think that's pretty much all my thoughts on this matter. Um, 
we can see Chopper again for a hot second on this last page. I was going to comment on that. It's delightful. <laughs> I assume Nami is also around here, tumbling around. R.I.P. to her. She's not wearing mm-hmm. a helmet like Chopper is. So, <laughs> As good as done. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I guess that, unless you have something else to say about this, pretty much wraps this up, yeah? Yeah, yeah. We did a good job, I think. All right. There is a break next week. Next chapter releases on April 24th, and we'll be here to talk about it. And that takes us into the reread. Five fifty-eight to five sixty-nine, from Ace trying everything he can do to save his brother to Luffy doing the same. <laughs> well, isn't that just the sweetest? It it better be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is. I mean, it's an emotional bit, obviously. Like this whole, poof, pretty much everything from Impel Down, eh, even before Impel Down, really from Sabody till later than now is a very <laughs> emotional ride Indeed. um i've definitely teared up at more than a few moments just because it you know tugs a particular heart string or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah this is just two brothers really just caring about each other indeed and luffy's like desperation <laughs> to get there and save him arguably reaches like its peak in this chunk with the oh, amount yes. of like hormone injections, etc., <laughs> he receives in this little batch. Well, yes, for sure. Uh, and on top of that, I was going to comment on how he is—he's so hyper focused on Ace that he gets a bit sloppy at times, and I kind of—I like it. Um, He's he's for sure out of his league in more than one place here. <laughs> for but sure. even when he's just running past the not necessarily, you know, scrubs, but the scrubs of this battle, he's still getting nicks and they're drawing blood and like that's not something I'm used to seeing here from Luffy. Like he takes a yeah. lot of small hits before he's effectively taken down by Kizaru. You are right. The easiest comparison that I can think to make between what Luffy is doing now um, is when he was just trying to rush forward to the Tower of Justice at the beginning of Annie's lobby. And Mm. at that time, he was trying to get to Robin, you know. But then he was more than happy to just take a breath, take out the goons in front of him, and then progress when possible, you know. But here, with Ace, it's a different story. He's going to be killed imminently. He's his brother, his oldest and dearest friend, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's no time to stop and smell the roses, especially when these, like, like you said, the relative mooks of this fight, you know, are probably a step or two up from the uh, moots of Annie's lobby. They've got to be. I mean, I figure they... Hmm, maybe this is just me making an assumption, but I would think that a, a fair number of them at least have, like, one 
small level of hockey, some level of armament, or, well, maybe not. I guess I don't know how prevalent that is, but I would think that the Navy is pulling out most of their stops here. For sure. The only, like, hockey requirement we know of in the Marines is everybody a vice admiral and above, which is pretty high, uh, has to have at least one type of hockey. Uh, and we know that all the vice admirals are here, but there's probably not that many vice admirals. No. But that's not to say that you can't have hockey if you're below that, you know. Right. Do Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I doubt that, like, Smoker has hockey at... Well, he did get stronger, but I don't... He, he has the Sea Prism Stone embedded in his weapon as a way to, like, circumvent hockey. So I don't see why he would be using that still. I mean, it wouldn't be bad to have. Yeah, just Sea Prism Stone and hockey are similar in some respects, but hockey doesn't In the way have that the... he uses it. <laughs> but he also uses it in this instance to, like, temporarily pacify Luffy, right? Which you can't do with hockey. Having hockey doesn't yeah. nullify devil fruit powers like a sea prism zone would right for sure different utilities but, but similar ultimate effect <laughs> right yes i mean for him i figure if he well maybe not i don't know what it would be like if he had hockey i assume he could basically just hold luffy with his powers at that point but maybe not I don't know. Hmm. Luffy could still fight him, so... <laughs> Indeed. Whatever. Yeah, so maybe hockey isn't all that present. But, regardless, they're drawing blood. Uh, Luffy starts out not feeling great and continues to not <laughs> feel great. Indeed. Pretty much just deteriorates from there. I was trying to mark down each time I noticed Luffy was saved. And I'm sure I didn't do it every single time. Because, you know, I get into the reading. Hmm. The, at minimum, it was six separate times that Luffy was either, like, injected with a hormone or, like, saved by Hancock. That kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hancock, Marco, the hormones, uh, Jinbei, Crocodile kind of counts. Like, I think this number might also be counting when he, like, threw Buggy in front of a Mihawk attack. That totally counts, yeah. <laughs> I loved that moment. Um, I, 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 <laughs> he had to know it was buggy, <laughs> obviously. But like, I just love that he is in this dire situation. He sees the one person that is like a natural counter to Mihawk, gets him on his side, gets him in position, and then the dum dum uses an explosive against him. Yeah, not the brightest bulb, that buggy, but, you know. We love him. Yeah. Well, I do. I'm not going to speak for you. <laughs> he's, a, he's a charismatic lad, and that's what gets him by in life. Mm -hmm. Certainly not his brains, that's for sure. Not yet. <laughs> he's working on it. He's, he's still figuring out how his brain works. I did in particular appreciate that panel where, like, Mihawk cuts him into, like, a million little pancakes. <laughs> but, you know, he's Buddy the Clown. He's he's hard counter against this particular type of attack. So it's fine. People yeah, have speculated for a bit. What would, like... If the hockey of it all would impact that in any way. Mm. 
what with the black blade equaling like a hockey imbuement permanently thing. Oh yeah. Which we still don't know a lot about. So we don't know if that's entirely how it works. (laughs) Uh, But if that is how it works, that means that even with a hockey blade, you still can't cut buggy. (laughs) So that's fascinating. He's literally a hard counter to somebody who fights with just blades like Mihawk. Yeah, so to quite a few people out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I could, I would definitely see him fighting Zoro, and Zoro realizes what's up, and he just like punches him. <laughs> like he'd, he'd still be fine. Yeah, I don't think Zoro would be above that for sure. <laughs> right, Mihawk maybe he might just kind of take offense to that, but. <laughs> Definitely Zoro would uh, take care of business. Indeed. Speaking of fights that will never happen, um, <laughs> while reading through this, I I realized that I would love to see a smoker crocodile fight. I think that would be fucking badass, dude. Uh, agreed. Their powers are similar in many respects. Sure does seem like Crocodile has, like, grown beyond Smoker's reach, though, judging from how yeah, he performs Yeah, Smoker here. says he's gotten, like, a power buff, but it seems like Crocodile just was doing nonstop push-ups <laughs> in, the, uh, in jail or something. Yeah, like, no heckin' kidding. The man is crazy strong. This man was beaten by Luffy pre-Gears, you know, and is now trying to go after whitebeard he's taken hits from uh, a number three yonko commander in jozu and i think in the current part where we end is still going like toe to toe with notable beefcake do flamingo <laughs> that's the one that gets me like holy crap that that panel where it's like i think it's do flamingo's foot or something clashing with crocodile's uh hook mm-hmm. it's just i Ay ay ay, those power levels don't make sense in my head. Yeah, it's pretty bonkers. I guess being a Logia type would give you a pretty good advantage against Doflamingo, no? You'd think that, but Doflamingo's definitely got hockey. Yeah, even at this point, for sure has it. Now, hockey isn't fully fleshed out yet. Oda's still feeling it out. But in the canon of the story, Doflamingo for sure <laughs> has hockey. I've always kind of justified it in my head that the main reason Luffy was beat or Crocodile was beaten by Luffy back in the day is that he would spend the last 10 years basically resting on his laurels, right? Hanging out yeah. pretty early on in the early half of the Grand Line. So I am and like heavily relying on his Logia powers to avoid attacks. My head canon is that Crocodile was just like really rusty when he got beat by Luffy. Mm-hmm. and getting kicked around like lit a fire under his ass to like exercise and such basically uh pull a pull a frieza in resurrection f and just do like image training oh i was gonna say uncle iroh uh sure i like both of those ideas do actual yeah. <laughs> exercise and mental exercise and you come out being as strong as don quixote do flamingo I guess so. Like, I'm here for it. I think it's cool. They're great characters that I'm glad, like, get a little bit of the attention. Mm -hmm. Unexpected stuff all over the place. For sure. 
notably, Luffy does have, like, a, a good thought during his fight with Mihawk, where he realizes he'll lose his hands and decides to uh, attack the ground instead. <laughs> Wise move, Luffy. Yeah, it's one of the few times that we see him think, and uh, thank goodness. <laughs> now, I can't help but suspect that that might have been a little bit of observation hockey at play. I thought the same thing. Like like you said, Oda's still feeling it out, but like that's an easy retcon right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot of the big people here. We haven't really touched on Whitebeard, <laughs> kind of the biggest, <laughs> well, I mean depending on how you look at it, the biggest guy here. Not as big as John Giant. No, no, that guy, he could take out Kaido if he tried. <laughs> Indeed. From sheer body mass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Regardless of Whitebeard's sheer mass, he does remind us that, like, they're all just people. Like, immediately after he was stabbed, he's just like, well, Crocodile... You're you're kind of putting me up on a pedestal here. I'm just an old man. <laughs> He's an old man that kicks ass pretty hard, but, like, mm-hmm. still just an old man. And I was glad that we got that before he started wreaking havoc. Um, they're kind of... The ideas are kind of opposed, but also this man has been a pirate all of his life. And, like, if there's ever a time to go savage it's when you know you're done right and he's he's got a very clear goal all that it adds up it makes sense (laughs) but on top of that still just a dude uh for sure i like the thing that he was kind of like he knew that he wouldn't be able to fight at 100 percent for very long so he wanted to wait to go ham until he was like as close as possible Mm mm-hmm and I, I thought it was kind of interesting how how Whitebeard has a paramecia-type fruit that kind of seems like a Logia-type. And now we know that Luffy has a zone-type that kind of seems like a paramecia-type. Um, okay. Both you and somebody in an SBS have brought up the white beard. Well, that's why I brought it up. And I didn't (laughs) understand it when that guy was asked in the question, and I don't understand it now. So, in what way is Whitebeard's power similar to Elodia? Explain that to me. Well, yeah, I think they just, they mostly misunderstood what was going on. But, like, his powers are a bit more abstract than other paramecia types, right? Like he the the cracking of the air and all of that kind of is what throws it off for me um because like what what exactly he's a quake man right so he punches the air and makes it quake at such a resonance that it causes other shit to happen is that what it is because that feels like basically two or three powers stacked on top of each other. Yeah, but it's all under the quake quake umbrella, Jordan. So, <laughs> but it's not like he can transform into an earthquake. I don't even know what that would mean. <laughs> well, no, nobody does. It'd be pure energy, basically. But like, it it still is not like other paramecia types, and it's 
definitely not a zone type. So, like, well, I can understand yet. someone defaulting to Logia. I guess. Logias and Zoans have very clear, like, this is what they do, right? Logias, you transform into whatever the heck. And I guess the same thing is true for Zoans, but they're all animals. Um, <laughs> and Paramecia is just, like, the rest, basically. Yeah. Paramecia yeah. is just whatever Oda wants to make it, pretty much. I guess well, I, agree I with thought you. Paramecia was more like your your body changes. Like Buggy is a well, shit. Yeah, Buggy's got to be a Paramecia um, <laughs> for sure. Buggy is for sure a Paramecia. Yeah, that one makes sense. Your body changes into something that can't be cut. Luffy seeming like a Paramecia makes sense. Your body changes into rubber. For sure. I'm trying to think of more abstract ones. Like caribou. Your body well, has an endless swamp. That has a logia though. Oh, he's a logia? Indeed. His body is made of swamp. Oh, it's not a thing inside of him. I thought he was more like uh Capone or the hammer guy from last episode. No, that guy's a logia. That's made explicitly clear, like, the one and only time we see him fight, because uh, he fights against um, the Lion Man from Big Mom's crew. You know the one. And he's basically, he is buffed by that guy, named Petums. That's his name. Uh, and Petums is like, mm. oh, you logias in the new world uh, all think you're invincible, but you're not that hot shit where hockey's involved. You know, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. But, like, Law, his body doesn't, like, gain any attributes, and he's a paramecia. That's true. That's true. Who else? Katakuri's, he's he's a weird example, but he's a paramecia as well. That one feels like it should be Logia. That's what we all thought, but the clarification yeah. was made. He's a special paramecia, whatever the yep. fuck that means. So, but, like, the, that's kind of ultimately the point here. Like, there are special ones and they specifically say in canon that whitebeard's fruit rivals the power of logia types i don't know it's weird i think the point of contention is that yes whitebeard's fruit does seem to work a little bit differently than like your average mook paramecia but that is kind of what confirms it as a paramecia fruit you know mm, it's just kind mm, of okay. the rest category Whereas Logias yeah. and Zoans, like I said before, have pretty strict rules about what they can do. Paramecia is just kind of the rest. Now, I'm not sure what would happen if Whitebeard were to awaken his fruit if he hasn't. Because uh, I'm not sure what turning your surroundings and the earthquakes looks like either. But uh, yeah, I'm sure like, the man can do he... it. <laughs> Quake is so vague. I feel like it almost has to be vibrations or something. But... Sure, that made sense to me. Yeah, but then what is what is it when he when he punches the air and it shatters? What is that? I don't. I really don't get it. Probably <laughs> like, just the visual. How do you make the air solid enough that you crack it? But also, how is that doing anything? I don't know. I'm thinking about it too hard again. I think uh, what it boils down to is that he can crack the air because Oda thought it would look cool if he did. <laughs> and it does. It looks awesome. I love everything that Whitebeard does. This dude is is great to just see panel to panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point we see the uh, 
we, we talked about them a few times, so here we are. Uh, we see the supernovas' reactions to, like, the live feed that the Marines have been showing uh, up yeah. to now, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two of those reactions stood out to me in particular. Uh, it, those two being Capone and Bonnie. Capone comments on how Whitebeard's loyalty was, like, legendary. And considering how his own crew operates, I could see him either having, like, you know, a great respect for Whitebeard or possibly thinking him foolish for putting so much trust in his crew. I really don't know anymore with this guy. Yeah, I could kind of see it going either way as well. Because Capone's crew is, like, very loyal to him. Like, he's, like, Mm -hmm. the mafia boss of their group, right? And they trust him enough to live inside his body. So that's weird and cute, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've never really seen Capone interact very much with his own crewmates. We know he loves his family, right? He loves great his deal. son <laughs> and his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assume he has some amount of like respect for like his two dudes, uh, Vito and Gotti, two men whose names I'm rather ashamed that I remember, but there they are. <laughs> that was impressive. <laughs> like that lack of interaction combined with what he says here about Whitebeard really make him one of the more interesting supernovas to think about the characterization of. He's one of the ones yeah. we've seen the most of, frankly, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's still a lot of uh, blank spaces in there. Yeah, and he's one that he's he's probably the one that I thought was like the least interesting to me <laughs> when they were introduced mm-hmm. i was just like eh, mafia dude i don't really care that's pretty much what it boiled down to weird power but uh mm-hmm. <laughs> rather bland in terms of like perceived characterization mm-hmm. so good job oda bonnie though and then bonnie <laughs> pretty torn up about what she saw on those monitors now we know the real reason why yeah, it sure does seem like it's because Kuma's, like, her husband or something, right? Yeah, I mean, that has to have been the first news that either... It either had to be the first news that she got of him in, like, a while, or the final confirmation that, like... He was gone. He's no longer really there. For sure. And I think that's the appropriate reaction. <laughs> Yeah, sobbing uncontrollably is very understandable in either of those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the final nail in a coffin that you already knew was being built, or like the sudden final big nail in a coffin you didn't even know was necessary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty bad yeah. in either case. Sad times. Indeed. R.I.P. Kuma. Godspeed, Jewelry Bonnie. Can't wait to get her story arc. You and me both. It's one of the biggest <laughs> weird empty spaces in the franchise right now. And I'm chomping it's been at teased. the bit. Yeah, it's been teased enough times that I have to imagine it's coming. Mm-hmm. Luffy gets a cannonball special from Jinbei, uses that to confront the admirals, which is pretty bold. Especially considering like one of them controls ice and he just coated himself in water. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't come to anything, so I assume that just, like, being that close to Aokiji makes the water evaporate off of him, but, like, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, didn't think that one through very well, Luffy. Like you said, it's not as strong. Didn't amount for much, because Kizaru decided to 
take charge on that one. But uh, would have been the second time and not all that many chapters that this man was totally frozen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing that I'm, I'm kind of torn on is the way that Luffy is taken down before the hormone injection. He, I mean, he makes it pretty far and eventually he gets fully like taken out of commission by Kizaru, like you said, but what lets, well, I don't know if this is necessarily how it works, but right before Kizaru hits him, Luffy is hit by like a finger pistol from a Navy dude. And I feel weird about that because he's already surpassed Rob Lucci, who is, who was who like touted as, you know, the, the finger pistol man. Um, For sure. And like, I get it. Luffy's exhausted at this point, And maybe this dog fruit user of the Navy is, is also particularly good at the finger pistol. So who can say like, it also is just an excellent move to use against a Luffy without armament hockey. So, like, I get it. It just, uh, it, it feels weird. See, I think you might feel differently if you knew that that man uh, was Vice Admiral Dalmatian and probably was using armament hockey <laughs> when he did that. That's a Vice Admiral, huh? Indeed. Beefy man. Okay. Well, then, yeah, sc- scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's that's a little bit... <laughs> a little bit higher up the the chain than I expected. That's big beef against Luffy. So indeed, fine. <laughs> Plus, he had like just been tantaling with Mamondra, another vice admiral. I think well, that guy's mm-hmm. for sure a vice admiral. Not sure if it was just before that that he was tantaling. I, thought, with I him. think it's like at the same time. And yeah, that guy uses the... swords, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like he he had a lot going on. So fine. Yep. I rescind that. Dalmatian claw plus hottie equals bad news for our hero. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, he one shots Kobe. That's fun. <laughs> Not for Kobe, but no, us. no, Kobe. Kobe <laughs> just gets awakening after awakening. Yeah, that lately. dude just fucking eats it. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> he he puts his life on the line. He's like, I really, I really got to step up now. But eat eats the dirt just. Face plants straight down. Love it, Porky. Love it every time. R.I.P. Luffy. Or Kobe. Uh, <laughs> Whitebeard gets stabbed by like a million people and just brushes them off. And then we get the the real showing of Luffy. Showing not the world, but uh, most people that <laughs> care in the world and that can spread news that uh, he's got Conqueror's Hockey. Uh, yeah alarming pretty much everybody me included uh, even though we have seen him do this before uh not on this scale previously just been like knocking out a bull you know <laughs> uh but now it's like people and at a distance plus i would imagine he's doing a good job it's it's neat to see the progression each time it comes out Plus, I would imagine that it's possible those two guys that Luffy knocked out were just mooks, you know? Just two guys that were like, 
working in the mail room or something that Sengoku grabbed last minute or whatever. But if I were Sengoku... Uh, definitely, <laughs> considering Crocodile just took out their like two predecessors well, right before this. I suppose that's probably true. Uh, but you gotta have backups, Sengoku. And, you know, they should be pretty strong if they're gonna be cutting through beefy men, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially since we know that Ace has armament hockey, right? Well, I think... Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> so, these people should have comparable armament hockey to be able to cut through his should he decide to defend with it. But, uh, again... I just don't think that Oda thought it through all that much. Well, he's also got Sea Prism on him, which saps his energy. So, like, yeah, that's true. At least weaker armament hockey, I would imagine. All right, Oda, I'll forgive you this one time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean this this is actually one of my bits. But uh, we're basically there anyway, unless you have stuff. But. When the Conqueror's Hockey Blast happens, it specifically shows Django being knocked out. <laughs> so, like, he's it's it's more widespread than, like, just those two dudes. And I'm not saying that Django is, you know, particularly notable as someone that was knocked out. But, uh... Indeed. It at least gives us a baseline, you know? I would imagine that Django and his buddy, uh, Full Body probably among the weaker marines here oh for sure uh, definitely but uh yes very amusing <laughs> that it's specifically shown that he's he gets the boot there very good stuff uh let's see my first one is uh buddy's film crew attempting to redo a live broadcast <laughs> <laughs> like three times yeah. they really oh me i'm i'm buggy <laughs> yeah they sure did try their best but you know they're not professionals so like no. you get what you pay for in this case yeah, but they got they got potential indeed they just need a little bit of training up that's all mm. uh i thought it was pretty funny that uh hancock wonders if slash kind of hopes that a big hug from luffy is marriage <laughs> we have no <laughs> we have no reason to suspect that uh she is wrong, so there you go. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's just how marriage works in the One Piece world. Uh, I think if the you know pirate empress says so, it is. Yeah, she's the expert. This wasn't like this bit wasn't an SBS, but uh, apparently, uh, big man Whitebeard, you know him, you love him. He has a dog by the name of Steven. <laughs> who has his same mustache and apparently they yeah. like to go to the park and play fetch with his mustache uh, white beard specifically good. i love that it's adorable to imagine i can't exactly picture how big this dog is in relation to white beard <laughs> but i think the smaller it is the better oh, right absolutely <laughs> and oda just put like the smallest amount of effort possible into drawing this dog oh yeah. and i love him he's my favorite character <laughs> sorry sanji crocodile whoever else uh steven the Whitebeard dog has surpassed all of you with uh the least possible effort so mm. dog with mustache just too good yeah, that's just the way it is man uh <laughs> <sighs> Speaking of Whitebeard, uh, after he catches Luffy like a baseball, 
Uh, he inspects the lad, as I imagine a butcher inspects a chicken. <laughs> he just holds him up by the feet and, like, looks him in the eyes and then throws him somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> Pretty good. He kind of, like, cupped Luffy in his hand or something, but chose to dangle him upside down by his legs. <laughs> he knows how beat up this dude is and still does that. Indeed. That's the kind of man Whitebeard is. As we all know, when you're on the verge of death, a little bit of manhandling is in order. Those are the rules. It's encouraged, yeah. yeah. I don't make them. I simply live by them. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last one that I've got here is in a very brief flashback that is meant to be fairly serious. It's where it's the ace flashback where he's like getting mad at people for like talking smack on uh, on Roger, you know. And then he sits down and has, tries to have a serious conversation with Garp um, about whether or not he should have been born or whatever. Just before this, he asks Garp, uh, do you have a grandson? To which Garp replies, oh, you mean Luffy? He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought that was pretty good. He's just, he's so apathetic about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Luffy is a little snot-nosed kid for sure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kudos to Garp for not just being like, yeah, he's a little shit. <laughs> I suppose this is the best we could have expected from a man with the fathering <laughs> skills of Monkey D. Garp. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, goodness. So good. My last one. Uh, when the surprise ship of the Whitebeard Pirates emerges. You can see that some of the crew is clinging to both the mast and the sails. Bound to happen, right? Mm -hmm. But like, what are you going to do in that situation? <laughs> You're about to be dragged up on shore by oars, and you uh, got a bad place to hold on. Yeah, those guys are dead. <laughs> Probably. 100%. They were squished by a large demon man. <laughs> Uh, rough times for the Whitebeard crew, uh, but good times for us, for sure. I love watching people die. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think Aww. that's the note we probably want to end on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> next time, uh, we'll be covering the next chunk, chapters 570 through 579. Uh, like I said before, the next chapter releases April 24th, break next week. Feel free to send in your thoughts on this chapter via email to inheritedwillpodcasts at gmail.com, on Twitter to at inherited underscore will, or simply in a comment on the platform of your choosing. Once again, happy Kingdom Hearts 4 day, and as always, thanks for listening. So long. <laughs>